News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25-year-olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with a, an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Messias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com. We're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. Welcome to episode 30 of the Luke Messias Show. We are coming to you midweek. This is one of the rare occasions where we didn't publish our podcast on Monday because on Monday I was on a plane flying home from Colorado. I took a two-week vacation, which was uh, the longest vacation I have ever taken in my entire life. So uh, thank you to uh, Paul Hastings, for giving us a conversation that we could share with you while we were gone. And I uh, am thankful for y'all for being patient with me and getting you episode 30 um, due to my travels. I just want to talk about a couple quick updates um, with each and every one of you. And then next week we will bring to you another conversation. Um, but I want to talk to you about uh, Drake Pardo um, and the CPS case going on. I want to talk to you about Jeff Younger, who was the father that we interviewed in our first episode, who's son um, is uh, being transitioned by his ex-wife against his permission to be a woman. Um, and be, she began transitioning uh, her son at three years of age. And then also Dustin Burroughs resigned as the GOP caucus chairman. And Alan West is running for uh, to be the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. And so those are the few things I want to talk to you about really quickly. And let's go um, at Adam. First of all, um, Jake Pardo, if you have not visited bringdrakehome.com, I would really encourage you to. Um, the Texas Homeschool Coalition uh, launched an effort, um, really a an entire educational campaign to bring more light to a dark place and bring more transparency to CPS's tyrannical behavior with the Drake Pardo situation. Y'all have also, uh, many of you have followed Senator Bob Hall and all that he's been doing on this issue. You can visit his website and read his four-part op-ed series. In fact, um, CPS tried to have uh, Senator Hall, you know, sanctioned basically and, and a gag order put on him to keep him from talking. And they also tried to put a gag order on the Texas Homeschool Coalition um, and get the judge to stop the Homeschool Coalition from talking because they know that the more this issue is talked about, the more they're going to be forced to return 
um, this child to his home. So Drake, uh, bringdrakehome.com. You can watch a video that the Texas Homeschool Coalition put together. It has almost 2 million views and has really uh, told the story in a very compelling way and then also read up more on that situation. But that's something that I think each and every one of you need to continue to be alerted to and continue to share with so many of your friends. Alan West, announced that he is indeed running to be the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. Um, there's a great story written by Brad Johnson at The Texan that I encourage you to go read regarding that race. A number of SREC members are interviewed during that. Uh, for those of you who don't know how that process works, each Senate district, each state senator has two SREC members, a man and a woman, and they are essentially kind of the elected representatives on the board of the Republican Party of Texas for that region. And so there are a number of SREC members members that uh, comment, some of whom are supporting Mr. Dickey, some of whom supported James Dickey in the past, who's our current chairman, and are now uh, open to other options. And uh, none of them say they're supporting West at this time, but they also say the the reasons why they think there's an opportunity for another leader in the Republican Party. Um, and so you kind of get both perspectives and sides of what's going on within the leadership of the Republican Party. So go to the Texan.news and read up on Alan West's campaign uh, for Republican Party chairman. Jeff Younger is the gentleman who we interviewed originally on our very first episode, which has gotten more downloads than any episode episode we've ever done. Just wanted to just remind each and every one of y'all that um, he has a trial that will start on October 15th. So on October 15th in the DFW area, um, the case will begin and a jury will be brought together to determine whether or not he um, will have custody of his son or his wife will be granted custody um, of her son. Uh, she thinks that her son is her daughter, um, which is not true. And no matter how much she tries to fill him with chemicals and dress him up and paint his nails, it won't change the fact that her son is a son. And watching this type of child abuse happen within the Lone Star State should be a wake-up call to all of us. I think it's why so many of you have asked for an update. I did want to just let y'all know that at this point, we are somewhat waiting till October. Jeff and I have been in recent conversation, and I'm hoping that uh, to have him on the show soon so that he can give you just an update on what's happened um, since January when we originally brought that story to all of you. And last but not least, I did want to talk about um, Dustin Burroughs resigning from the uh, GOP caucus. And I wanted to start by uh, really just talking about, uh, for those of you who are Christians like myself, um, you have probably followed a little bit of the recent drama when it comes to um, some of the fallout that has happened with um, Josh Harris, who was a strong Christian pastor and author, um, and uh, and also Marty Sampson, who's a songwriter for Hillsong. And both of these individuals recently came out kind of renouncing their faith. Josh actually said, I'm no longer a Christian. Marty Sampson said something to the extent that he's losing his faith. Um, and so this is... Uh, running parallel to some of the drama we have going on in Texas, but I, I found an interesting parallel to it because um, there is a, a gentleman who is a songwriter uh, of Skillet. He's a uh, John Cooper who came out with an excellent writing, uh, uh, an excellent statement regarding this entire situation in Christendom and within Christians and uh, looking at some of these leaders that were coming out recently saying that they were losing their faith or that they no longer are a Christian. And he said some things that I want to read to you real quick and then 
draw a parallel to what we have going on in Texas. But uh, this was one of his conclusions, and he had several others. I would encourage y'all to go to John Cooper's Facebook page and read his August 13th post in its entirety, especially if you're somebody who identifies as a Christian, um, if you're somebody who holds faith and somebody who has been transformed by the renewing of your mind and the word of God. If you're not somebody who considers yourself a Christian, I would encourage you to go read it because I think it is well uh, worth your time just to understand what somebody who actually has their faith believes um, compared to some of these people who have recently come out um, and wavered pretty significantly. But here's one thing he said. He said, my conclusion for the church, all of us Christians, we must stop making worship leaders and thought leaders or influencers or cool people or relevant people the most influential people in Christendom. And yes, that includes people like me. I've been saying for 20 years and seemed, sorry guys, I've been saying for 20 years and seem probably quite judgmental to some of my peers that we are in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20-year-old worship singers as our source of truth. We now have a church culture that learns who God is from singing modern praise songs rather than from teachings of the word. And then he continues to kind of read through that, but he basically says that we're looking to the wrong people for direction when it comes to our faith. And the last several weeks within Texas politics, um, you've seen a whole lot of politicians uh, take very vacillating positions. You've seen a whole lot of politicians um, run away when corruption started to get brought to light um, by a conservative activist. And so uh, the most recent action that has taken place is that the Republican caucus chairman, Dustin Burroughs, has resigned his chairmanship. And this is a gentleman who has not said a single thing. An accusation came out by Michael Sullivan saying that he was brought into a meeting and in that meeting he was told to not target any of Dustin Burroughs and Dennis Bonin's political allies. He was given a list of their political enemies whom they also thought he did not like either. Um, and that that's probably accurate. You know, most of those people don't have conservative voting records at all. Um, and so they tried to use Michael to go after their political enemies while also rewriting their own bylaws to say that if anybody targeted a fellow Republican, they could be excommunicated from the, actually, I think the technical term is expelled from the caucus, but they could be removed from the caucus entirely. And, uh, and then in exchange for Michael cooperating with their plan, uh, I think they called it an agreement. I've listened to the recording three times now and they called it an agreement or um, an arrangement. Uh, this deal that they made, we, and according to Dennis Bonin, we now know this because the, those words have been printed, but he said, if you do this, Michael, we will put your guys on the floor next session regarding to uh, the act of giving them media credentials, which is an official favor. It's an official act by a state elected official saying that I will give you something that my elected power grants me the ability to give you if you do these political favors for me and go after my political allies. And oh, by the way, publicly, I'm out there saying that none of us should ever go after each other and that's unbecoming of the Texas House, let alone the Speaker of the House. So Dustin and Dennis have, have raised a standard. Um, they've raised a higher standard than any other Speaker or Caucus Chairman before as to what it means to be a Republican or what it means to be a Speaker, and then they, behind closed doors, broke that standard. So when Michael made that accusation, uh, the Speaker quickly came out and said, none of this is true, uh, you know, this is all false, these are lies, and then 
Michael came out and said that he had a recording. And at that point, I and several others were allowed to listen to the recording and, um, you know, have all made it clear to people that we've talked to that this is uh, really unfortunate when it comes to um, the whole situation that we find ourselves in. But it's very clear what happened, and it's very clear that Dennis Bonin openly lied to all of his Republican colleagues in multiple emails to them. And I'm appreciative of people like uh, Matt Krause and Matt Schaefer and uh, Steve Toth and you know, Jonathan Stickland and, um, others that, that have come out and, and been willing to point to the facts as they are and have a reasonable conversation based on that. But there've been a lot of politicians and a lot of politicians that conservatives maybe previously had some faith in that have come out and said, I don't know the facts. I don't know what they are, but I'd really like to move on. (laughs) And they've said it in different ways. Leadership had a slew of people all come out and tweet out, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Dennis Bonin apologized to his colleagues and he said, um, I'm sorry that I took a meeting with Michael Sullivan. It was a stupid thing to do. And I'm sorry for the mean things I said during the meeting. Uh, it's interesting that Dennis Bonin even lied to his colleagues in his apology, right? Saying that he was sorry that he took a meeting with a mean man, um, when he arranged the meeting and clearly had an agenda when he walked into it about what he wanted to walk out of the meeting with. So this was not something that he was set up in. This is something that he arranged and orchestrated and designed, and now he's been caught in that act. The cover-up's always worse than the crime, and his attempt to do that has probably got him in even more trouble. So why are state-elected officials who ran on conservative platforms, who ran as truth-tellers, who ran as people who wanted to uphold conservative values, and ran as somebody who wanted to uphold integrity and character even more so than just party loyalty? Why are those same individuals saying, hey, I haven't listened to the recording, I don't know what's in there, but I'd really like to move on and just make sure Democrats don't win? Well, it's because, uh, well, let let me back up. I'm not going to say what it is, uh, what has caused that, but I will say this, that conservative activists, conservative elected officials, conservative leaders, Republican leaders, Texans, probably should stop placing their faith within a group of politicians, thinking that they will always do what is right or always want to do what is right. None of us will always do what is right. None of us will always uphold the right standard. So instead of looking to those people, and being surprised when some of them waver, when their power is being threatened, I think we should take a step back and and I you know read John Cooper's um, words about basically where Christians are wrongly placing their faith, and I think there's a significant correlation um, to the same situation we find ourselves as conservative leaders in Texas. And where are we placing our faith? Are we placing it in each other? Are we placing it in the couple elected officials that, um, you know, any of us have worked really hard or professionally or voluntarily to elect? Or are we taking a step back and saying there's an objective standard that we need to hold people accountable to? And we need to look to those individuals who are upholding those standards and uh, work together with a coalition of individuals who are all standing for integrity and character and truth. And if the standard of what we all know to be strong objectives, truth are looked at, evaluated and followed, and the coalition is coalescing around those things instead of arounding certain people that we've placed faith in, I think we will last a lot longer. And I think we will find ourselves engaged in this fight for a longer period of time and less disappointed when individuals who are in powerful positions happen to fail us because that will happen 
many times. I'm sure many of you are with me in uh, being in this fight for the long haul and being in here for decades to come. And one politician's failure or one politician's um, you know, conservative stance being switched to a uh, corrupt cover-up isn't going to change whether or not you care about the Lone Star State. It's not going to change whether or not you care about the conservative movement. It's not going to change whether or not you go work tirelessly in the arena for the right principles and causes and individuals. So stay engaged, continue to watch the Bonin Burroughs saga because I think that um, it will be very telling and it will reveal a lot about the state of politics in Texas today and the state of the hearts of our elected officials in the Texas House of Representatives. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I hope you all have a great week. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.